Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. This is Wes Morgan. Thanks again for joining us for another wonderful, dynamic um, podcast. You you all are in for a treat today. I'm in a little series here uh, for the month of June and maybe a few more weeks of focusing on men, um, our mental health, our well-being, um, our roles as fathers, um, just as men. We experience a lot of things, so um, I have invited several guests um, to talk about that. And today's guest, um, very um, good friend of mine, uh, Stacy Baker. He's uh, an aspiring author, uh, inspirational speaker, wonderful father and husband with more than a decade of experience in the nonprofit and educational sector. Um, Stacy has worked as an advocate for youth, for families, and men. Uh, his most recent role was that of the Men's Center uh, Director of Four. Alpha Grand Rapids, overseeing the Men's Center operation, programming, and volunteers. Uh, his role including coordinating partnership efforts with community organizations through program initiatives, stimulating educational growth, empowerment, and promoting economic stability in the Grand Rapids community. Uh, Stacy's background includes education. Um, I once saw Stacy teaching in the school, and he was on them kids and making sure they were <laughs> learning. Um, wonderful instructor, uh, serving on um, the church pastoral staff and directorship. Uh, recently, he decided to author a book that I cannot wait to purchase um, that seeks to help men understand their identity, their dignity, and worth as men having grown up. In a fatherless home, Stacy believes that his own story, coupled with his educational experience, uh, he has seven, man, hold on, you got like four degrees, uh, <laughs> but he has a business <laughs> management degree, religious studies, uh, a biblical uh, master's, master's degree in biblical studies, and with all of that, um, he can definitely bring um, good conversation, relevance, and credibility to such an important topic. So more than anything, Stacy wants you to know that he loves his wife. He has four beautiful kids. Uh, he's been married for 15 years, um, and he's definitely from the right city, and we all know what city that is. Detroit. There we go. <laughs> so Stacy, officially welcome to the show. Um, appreciate you being here today, man. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here, and uh, I appreciate just the opportunity to share, um, you know, just you know, some of my thoughts when it, as it relates to, to men and um, their growth, their, their um, you know, uh, empowerment, um, how, they, how we can grow as men, um, fathers, you know. So, again, this is definitely a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, I look forward to just, uh, just an ongoing conversation today. Well, I appreciate you. Um, I ask all of my guests everyone get the same guess. I call it the everything renewed question. Sure. And um, if you can change one thing in the world, what would that be? If I could change one thing in the world, what would that be? You know, Wesley, I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a, a wide variety of, excuse me, answers that I could come up with. Uh, but I think presently 
with where we are as a culture, as a society, um, you know, the one thing that I would change, um, and if I can, real talk, um, I, would, I would love for the, the stigma, the stereotype, the perception that white America has toward black America, uh, I would love for that to change. And particularly, I would love for the stigma to change about African-American men. Uh, African-American men, I've, uh, in other talks that I've done, um, it would seem as though African-American men have, uh, there's a disdain for African-American men. Um, and, you know, I think that there is a misrepresentation of my culture. Hmm. Um Yes, there are moments where um, African-American men have done, you know, good things. Mm-hmm. And you have some that have done bad things. But I, it, it seems as though culture has lumped them all together. And so um, we all have sort of this, um, this, this, this scarlet letter on us. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love for that to change. Um, because there's opportunity with us all, uh, and even those who've made bad decisions. I mean, we've all made bad decisions. You know, it's not just, um, you know, an isolated cultural group that have made bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And so it, it would seem as though for me that when my culture makes a bad decision, or shall I say someone in my culture makes a bad decision, um, we, we're all lumped into that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love for that to change um, because, again, with other cultures, one individual can make a bad decision and that whole culture is not subjugated, you know, or, 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 or um, ostracized. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like that, that, that has happened um, when it comes to my culture. Mm, that's good. Um, man. I kind of want to pick with that a little bit. Like, why do you, why, yeah, <laughs> why, why do you think it's so hard for us to, especially as men, why is it that culture, like, really lump us together, right? You know, uh, that's a good question. I think it's a very hard question, um, because at different times. Um, different eras, I think different eras have, um, you know, sort of pinpointed uh, certain things or attached certain certain ideologies um, or thoughts um, to certain groups. Um, you 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 have um, many who would think um, when it comes to our Hispanic culture um, that if you see if you see one um, you know doing a certain thing and I think examples right now escape me um, we, we seem to again our culturally seem to lump all Hispanics together mm-hmm. um, but you have a variety of Hispanics Latinos you know, that come from different places, you know, mm-hmm. and their their cultures are all different, you know. And so, again, when it comes to African-Americans, it seems as though we're just 
we're all just lumped in together. Um, again, I'm, I'm thinking and just, just trying to um, pinpoint what has attributed to that. Um, and I'll be honest, Wesley, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what is attributed to that. I think it's so many, to be honest with you, I think it's so many different factors. There's not one answer, right? It's easily to, we can, we can jump right to, well, how do we get here and slavery and how sure. we came to America and the value in which we, um, the value that was taken away from us, sure. um, the miseducation that was given to us or the, the, the wrong narrative sure. of telling us who we are. It's so many different ways in which um, we can look into and dialogue with that and just really helping us understand who we are as men and why we have so many hurdles to jump through, sure. especially African-American men, sure. um, because so many things have happened to us and we haven't been given, um, we haven't been given all the tools mm -hmm. to succeed. Sure, right? sure, sure. And so even this is really, I don't, I don't even want to say a great set way because it's really all the same topic because um, when we're talking about fatherhood, I believe, um, and I guess I will narrow what I'm saying to more so black men mm -hmm. for right now. Sure. Um, we, some of us, um, and I'm pretty sure you'll share a little bit of this, come from fatherless homes. Mm -hmm. And then how did that happen? Not mm -hmm. trying to provide for your family, working overtime, or, you know, it's easier to make money on the street than it is a sure. nine to five. So let me throw this question at you. Um, when you think of fatherhood, what prevents a father from um, engaging in, in the life of his children and following through with their commitments and relationships like the mother of their children, jobs, etc., things like that? You know, I, I, as, you, as you mentioned, I think there is a, there's a lot of uh, variables um, that play, uh, play out in the life of, of any young man. Uh, particularly African-American man, um, whether it be uh, lack of education or, um, you know, lack of, of um, stability, uh, whether it be home stability or whatnot. Um, I think one of the most important things that prevents a father from engaging uh, in the life of his children um, would be uh, having a healthy model in front of, in front of him, mm -hmm. uh, a healthy model. Um, you can't practice what you've never seen attempted or modeled in front of you. Hmm. You, you hmm. can't. You, 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 it's, hard, it's hard for an individual um, who's never played basketball to go out and play basketball if he's never practiced or seen it modeled in front of him. Hmm. And so do you have your anomalies? Yes, you do. There are, I'm sure, a variety of anomalies out there, guys who didn't have it, and they, they figured it out. Um, but, you know, however, you know, many are not a, a aware of, of what to do, let alone, you know, having learned some unhealthy practices throughout their lives. Hmm. I think um, it's hard, to, um, it's hard to, 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 to unlearn what you've learned, uh, what you've practiced, thinking that it was right, it was correct. And all of a sudden you find out what I've been doing has, has been wrong all the time, all along. And so, so not having a healthy model in front of you really prevents us men um, from being 
adequate fathers. Um, you want to do it right. Um, you think you're, you're, you're going to do it right. And even that, not asking questions prevents you, prevents you from doing it correctly. Um, mm -hmm. um, I think not having a firm foundation, um, or, or shall I say a, a firm starting point. Um, you know, if I may say this, you know, moms have played a huge role in, in, in shaping a lot of um, men lives mm. um, so much so that, that, that you know it has it has crippled us as well um, to the point where um, they, they overly nurture they overly coddled and, and it's, 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 it's caused some men to lean too much on 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 mom and again uh, for all the listeners out there i want to make sure that they hear me correctly uh, moms are great they've done a great job most definitely but i i, I just want to i want to reiterate that some have 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 overly done it mm -hmm. and 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 um it's it wasn't their fault it's not their fault that they overly done it um but they've they've loved hard and again sometime um, they've loved so hard um, that it stifled some men. Um, my mom, she loved hard, but I think there were moments where she, um, she, she crippled me. Um, mm -hmm. I have an older brother. I think there were moments where she, she crippled him. Um, and, and, and I think a, that came from having to do it all by herself. Yeah. And so I, I, if I fought anyone, I fought my dad. Because dad wasn't in the picture, and he left the brunt of the work, if not all of the work, from my mom. What do you think the word generation is literally floating in my mind right now, mm -hmm. right? And from generations, you said um, at the beginning, um, not having models, right? So generationally, when we look at this, it's following the previous generation right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i can be a wonderful dad because my father was a wonderful father mm -hmm. right and so i can take what he was doing and implement you know the things that i choose to implement so i can be a better father to my children sure. but let's say in your case your father was not there mm -hmm. i don't know if his father was there mm -hmm. right i think of my own father his father passed away when he was a young child, mm -hmm. and he drowned. Mm -hmm. So my dad was surrounded around men, sure. but he never had a father. Well, he had one, but, you know, he passed super early. Mm -hmm. So from if, if I go back from one generation to the next, you can see a pattern of behaviors as far as a lack of fatherhood. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? It's a, it's a, it's a great loss. It's a great loss to, again, we, we're talking about particularly African-American men. Mm -hmm. It's a great loss to the African-American community that there are so many fathers who are not engaged with their children, uh, particularly men. Uh, in the same way that we say a healthy model breeds a healthy young boy, well, if there isn't a model, it, it, the, the, the principle still applies. This young man is growing up with an unhealthy, absent father model. Mm. And so he's going to implement whatever he sees around him. If he sees 
you know, the, the dudes out in the streets, guess what he's going to implement? What he's, what he's going to, to emulate? That he's going to emulate what he sees. If, if his knowledge base or, or frame of reference is the dudes out, you know, out in the streets, I mean, they, they getting all the girls. Um, you know, they, they getting all the money. Well, guess what they're going to emulate? What model are they going to practice? They're going to practice mm -hmm. that. And so, um, and, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but, you know, I think community agencies, um, you know, we do have uh, um, a great deal of YMCAs, YWCAs, um, big girls, uh, big, big boys, big brothers, big sister groups, um, after-school programs, teachers, um, community leaders, whether that be community uh, church leaders. I think all of these uh, establishments play a, a huge role uh, in a young man um, gaining um, some traction when it comes to uh, a model. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think... In many of those, if not all of those entities, I think he, he has an opportunity to see some healthy models um, if, if one were to engage him. So what I'm hearing you say in regards to um, just what's preventing us from being, um, what's preventing us fathers from engaging in the life of our children, what I'm hearing you say is that the image of a man, an image of a father is missing in our community. And we have a plethora of reasons and why they're missing, whether they're, you know, what was modeled before them. Mm -hmm. You talked about the street life and or their father might have been missing something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so we are in need of strong fathers to come forward. We are. We're definitely in need of strong fathers to come forward. Um, I, I would even throw this out there as well. Um, I have a friend of mine who lives, who, who's from Chad. And one of the things he mentioned to me uh, before he we went um, and, and started um, a new role um, in, in Liberia, he said, Stacy, um, I had a lot of Abbas. And I thought... Okay, what do you what do you mean? He said I had a lot of abbas, a lot of uh, babas in in my in Chad, and what he meant by that was he had a lot of fathers. Mm -hmm. He said it wasn't abnormal for me to wake up in the morning and um, you know my mom was gone to work or gone to you know to the market. Um, you know, dad was you know doing something in the community or at the church house or or in a meeting with community leaders, he said it wasn't abnormal for um, some of the, the uh, community to help rear him and his siblings and others. And if he did something wrong, he said it wasn't abnormal to get thumped on the head by one of the other men in the community. Hmm. He said, because they all were my fathers. They all had or played a role in my, my rearing, my, my growing up experience. Wesley, I think that's something that's lost in our community. Hmm. I did a conference a couple of years ago, and an older gentleman said this to me. He said, Stacy, 
I dare not say anything to a young man. He said, I dare not say anything because I don't know if one of them is going to pull out a gun and shoot me. That's a real talk. Mm. When I hear that, I have two, two questions that come to mind. One, why do you fear saying something to a young man that you know is going to help him? What, what has created that fear? And the other question is, where is the respect that that young man have, has for any older man mm. that crosses his path? I think that's the thing that's lost. That's one of the things that prevents any older gentleman or older man from saying anything to a young man that's coming up in the midst of having a, 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 a not having a father around. I think those, as, as my friend from Chad would say, I think those individuals that played a role in his life really gave him some stability when it came to um, his father not being around for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that in our community, um, as you as you mentioned, the lack of fathers, um, I, I think there is a huge gap, a huge uh, hole that's missing. Um, and it started young. It has it, it started young. Um, and and, and I, I I dare to say that um, perhaps we need to go back to some of those kinds of um, ways in which we, we not only reared our own children, but helped rear the children in the community as well. You, you mentioned earlier um, different community agencies. Uh, you talked about, uh, you mentioned the church or local um, individuals that might, you know, um, they are maybe good uh, representation of the community and, you know, whatever the role may be. So we have, you know, living in West Michigan, we have all of these nonprofits and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have their own mission in trying to develop develop men and help um, people out, which is good. But I have a how question. And with that, with, with the community agencies in the church, how can we do a better job of helping or extending help to men? Mm -hmm. So... Thankfully, they there, you know, these agencies, the churches, they have their presence. Mm -hmm. But how can they help men, right? You know, we both have the church background. Helping men is, you know, for me, it's more than just telling a man to come to the church. Mm -hmm. They'll come faithfully. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell them, and if they respect you, they'll be there. They'll right. come to your Sunday service. Right. They'll come to, you know, the midday, midweek Bible study. But not I'm I don't I'm not trying to just focus on, you know, the church per mm -hmm. se, but the community. What can we do to help men to re engage or to let's say get their identity back as a dad if they are a father mm -hmm. or even if they're not a father, just to have the respect as a man. What mm -hmm. what can these community agencies and churches and all these people do? How mm -hmm. can we help them? I think empowerment is 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 one of the the major things that needs to happen. Um, how do you empower a young man? How do you empower a young man who has been to prison? And when he comes out, he, he feels a, as though he has nothing, let alone any material, financial gain. I mean, 
he, he's been stripped of, of himself, if you will. And so I think helping him realize um, that, he, that he does have something. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of this. Uh, again, if I can throw some of my, my biblical background here, I'm a firm believer that we've all been created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And because we've, been, we've all been created in the image of God, we all bring something to the table. You have a lot of men who feel like they don't bring anything to the table. And it's made known, especially when they come out of prison. Hmm. How, do we, how do we affirm them? Because that's what I think about when I think about the agencies that are around. Affirming them. I think there is a level, a certain level of commitment and accountability that that plays a huge role in, in the, the growth and empowerment of any young man, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter. But how do we help him actualize what he has in him so that he, he feels empowered? Mm-hmm. Not that someone gave something to him necessarily, but somebody walked with him. How do we change? Can I interrupt you? Yeah, sure. How, how can we change the narrative? Because, okay, a brother, not everybody is coming out of jail, prison, things like sure. that. But what happens when we live in a society right now where their empowerment is their number? It's their, oh, you have a misdemeanor. Oh, you have a felony. And that's how they are empowered or a better way, I don't want to say that's how they're empowered, but they're stuck with that because society is treating them or empowering them as you are that felony, you are less than, you are that deadbeat, mm-hmm. you are whatever you did in the past, and then you have two strong brothers like me and you come along, hey man, you know, you're, you're a mighty man of God and you're, mm-hmm. you're a strong individual, you're a strong black man, mm-hmm. you, can, you can do this, be present, work hard. How do, how do we minister to that how do we address that man there's one of the things i realized man is there's a lot of us that are walking around with ptsd Mm. and i'm not talking about ptsd from being overseas and in the military but ptsd from their growing up experience Mm. ptsd from childhood trauma ptsd from you know, the street life trauma, PTSD from, you know, the, 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 the moms of their children. That, all of that breeds pressure on a man to the point where he feels like he has no more. He's lost who he, who he is or was. And so I, I think a lot of, it, it's, it's meeting him where he is. Mm-hmm. Meeting him where he is not looking at him as if he's a project that that I or anyone else have, have need to fix um but 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 meeting him where he is um guys want that guys want you to be real with them you know and then i think in that being real with them you you you're able to walk with them uh in phases but i mean i think it starts there it starts with meeting them where they are, Mm. um, not expecting them to be what one would want them to be in that moment, because they're not. Whether it be lack of education, lack of um, job or experience, I mean, again, there's a lot of things that um, 
there are a lot of barriers that are perhaps have been created in his life that has prevented him from gaining a lot of different things. Yeah, that that's good. I, I want to take a break right here. And when we come back, I want to really just give you some space, man, to uh, speak to the fathers out there, to speak to the men who inspiring fathers. You know, not everybody want to be a dad but they want to be someone respected in our communities. I'm going to give you a space to speak to them, and then we'll wrap it up from there. Sure. Let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Today's podcast is sponsored by Renew Counseling Services, where our mission is to reveal, restore, and renew all people by using a holistic approach to help transform lives. If you know anyone in West Michigan seeking counseling services, send them over to our website for additional information. www dot renewedcounselingservices.com again www.renewedcounselingservices.com now back to our show all right and we're back um stacy right before the break i want to jump right into this you are talking about affirming men and meeting men right where they are at mm -hmm. and sometimes men are looking for different things to validate them sure and I wanted to add on to what you're saying in regards to not only just meeting men where they are at, but calling them by their name. Because sure. sometimes it's, yep, it's the time spent with men, but it's also calling them by who they are. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we're treated by what we have done. Mm -hmm. And so we no longer know our name, but we know what we have done. And that's the identity we take. So that validation and um, spending time with men and developing them into being great fathers and mm -hmm. just men in general is can be a powerful thing. When we were talking, um, you were talking about how, you know, you didn't have a father. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm listening to you in regards to, hey, men need affirmation. We need to affirm men. We need strong men to spend quality time. Um if you feel comfortable, if you can share some things um, with, if you could share some things with your your own father, mm -hmm. what would you share? What what would those things be? You know, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, and, and I'll I'll start that by saying this. Um, I'm reminded of of a passage in scripture in in the book of Proverbs. Um, I think it's chapter 15. It just simply says that plans fail for lack of counsel. Mm. Um, but with many advisors, they succeed. Yeah. Um, there are two two older men passed away um, who were who played integral parts, you know, in in, in my life, um, and I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for them. Um, but I had some advisors. These guys were advisors around me. They they helped me when I I, I could have gone to the streets. But they helped me, right? They helped my single mom, um, you know. And so, w when I think of the affirmation, it's it's having men around you who are genuinely interested in you. Mm. I think that that breeds that affirmation. Um, it lets you know who you are, um, but it also calls you to something else as well, something greater, something more. Um, and so I, I, I really, th I, I thank those guys 
you know, for playing a role in, in my, my development experience. Um, those same guys also, uh, they did two things for me. They held me to commitment and they held me accountable. They held me to commitment and they held me accountable. With regards to commitment, a lot of us find it very difficult to commit to something, someone. And, and, and it, it, commitment requires sacrifice. And it also embedded in it, it requires accountability. Because you, with permission, you allow someone to hold you to your word or to hold you to, to task, whatever it is. And so I, I think they work in tandem with one another, commitment and accountability. Uh, and there's a there's a there's a, a sacrificial element um, that one has to 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 um, allow um, in their lives because it re the sacrifice requires time it, 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 or giving up of time. Um, the sacrifice requires um, you know to to um, hold back on uh, self gratification. Um, but it also requires attention. And so as a father engaging your, in, in, in your children, well, you sacrifice oneself to give that child time, he, his or her desires, you know, and you give them a, a lot of attention. They need it. And so if you can't commit, it, it's going to be hard to engage with, with that child. It's going to be hard to engage with the mom it's going to be hard to engage with the job and the accountability piece again it's really allowing someone to to check you i mean if i if mm. i could just use that word i mean it's affirming but it's also simultaneously healthy critique mm. and no one wants to be critiqued let alone it being healthy <laughs> mm. if i would if i would say something to my dad i'll end it with this again we've been talking and I don't want anyone to walk away thinking of oh, you. You just shared theory or some head stuff. No, I want to. Uh, it's real talk. This is what I would share with my dad. Um, before I left for my first year of college, as I was leaving, I looked him in the eye and I said to him, "I said I'll never be like you." And I wasn't saying that to, you know, dig into him. I just, it's just matter of fact, like, because of what I've seen, because of what I've experienced, man, I just, I never, I never want to be like you. I don't want to emulate you. But the other thing I would share, Wesley, would be this. I would share, I forgive you. Hmm. I would share, I forgive you for how you mistreated my mother, your wife, those many years during my development. I forgive you for the lack of interest you took in me and my siblings. I forgive you for not adequately providing the, ne the necessary resources needed to ensure our care as a family unit. I forgive you for having illicit relationships outside of yours and my mother's relationship, regardless of how far they had gone. Hmm. They, should have, they should have never happened, should have never been approached. I forgive you for not knowing how to care for a family in a way that spoke highly of you as a man and as a father, I forgive you for allowing your growing up experience to dictate how you choose or chose to care for your own family. 
I forgive you for not walking with me when I purchased my first house, not walking with me on my, working uh, with me on my first car. I forgive you for not assisting me during my first year of college. I forgive you for telling a, another man that you would kill him because he took keen godly interest in extending a helping hand to my siblings, my mom, and myself, despite having his own family. Hmm. I would tell him, Wesley, I forgive you for the lack of preparation afforded me as I approached manhood or how to navigate life after high school. I forgive you for forcing my mother to flee to relatives um, because she had, she had gotten so very tired of the hurtful abuse inflicted upon her that weighed so heavily on her children. I forgive you for kicking my mother out the house, causing her the undue stress of having to search for other means of housing for us. I forgive you for forcing my brother out of the house with no alternative, contributing to the instability in his own life, even today. I forgive you for not showing me how to care for my own wife in a way that honors her and honors God. I forgive you for not modeling how to engage my children because you didn't engage yours. I forgive you for not showing me how to remain committed to things, things that are most important in life. I forgive you for the ongoing fights that summon the neighbors to our home, the police escorts, the gun pulled on my mom and put to her head. I forgive you. I forgive you for not leading the household in a way that would compel my brother and I to follow in your footsteps as you follow the footsteps of Jesus. I forgive you for not being able to talk to you I forgive you for, for, for not being able to talk to you about how I should approach my wife, not being present at the birth of my first child, and backing out out of seeing my second one for the first time. But you know, Wesley, I would say this also. I would say thank you. I thank you that although all of the above mentioned happened, they've shaped me. Those things shaped who I am as a father, as a son, as a dad, I thank you for being the dad God gave me. I might not be the man or father I am had things gone differently. I would tell him, Wesley, I thank you that I care for my wife so much so that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to ensure her happiness. I thank you because my children get to see a healthy model of marriage played out in front of them. I thank you that my son is learning what it means to be committed to things even though his interests may lessen or things may get tough. I thank you that my wife has a husband that loves her and loves on her and that my daughters have a dad that loves on them and loves them no matter what. And this is all modeled in front of them. I thank you that even though we don't have a lot of money, God has helped me and my wife together grow closer together, ultimately creating a, unity, a unified front that breeds unity and oneness, oneness of marriage, oneness of family. Most of, all, oh, most of all, Wesley, I would say I thank you that what I did see modeled pushed me to draw closer and deeper to the Father who has promised that he will not leave me, nor will he forsake me, that he will not abandon me, but he chooses to be faithful to me despite my unfaithfulness and foolishness to him. Mm. That's what I would tell him. Wow. That sounds, you know, we be trying to say something deep after something like that, and sometimes it's best to just shut up. 
and do a sea line, just breathe. <laughs> you know, not even trying to follow up, but it, it sounds like um, that came from your heart. And that's what a committed and accountable man sounds like. Mm -hmm. One that can go way deep into his soul, mm -hmm. pull out the hurt, pull mm -hmm. out the emotions, mm -hmm. pull out the history, the anger, mm -hmm. the PTSD, mm -hmm. and to speak from the soul, but to speak healing to your present man of mm -hmm. who you are and who God called you to be. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you sharing that, that. I know that will touch someone. It yeah. touched me, and I'm sitting over here like, man, where my daddy at? And I have my daddy. <laughs> my daddy in my life. <laughs> I, I can call him right now. My, my man always there. Like, I don't have no, I don't have no daddy issue, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but no, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Um, Stacey, how can how can the people find you? You know, um, you I know you're working on a few things. So let's close this out, and I'll I'll let you have. Um, you know, how can people contact you and all that? Sure, you know, like like you said in the very beginning, right now I, I'm I'm working and completing a a, a book, um, and uh, that book is um, I I, will, I, will, I can't give the title uh, mm -hmm. or any details, but it's it's specific to um, the the um, the empowerment of men who didn't have. Um, um, an adequate father. Um, uh, this 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 book idea uh, sort of derived out of Genesis twenty seven. Uh, you have Isaac, who's a father, and you you have his two sons, uh, Esau and Jacob, and one was very loved by dad, and one was very loved by his mother Rebecca, and um, at the deathbed of Isaac. He blesses one of his sons. Um, he blesses one of his sons um, by way of deception because the son, one son, took the the blessing. Um, but it was the the son whom he loved who didn't get the blessing. What do you do with that? Because when I think of the blessing, I also think of direction. And so there is a lot of guys, a lot of us, who are walking around directionless. Mm -hmm. And so this book, my hope is that it would reach men and um, allow them to have some aha moments. Yeah. And when I say aha moments, I, I really mean uh, moments when they can name where they are, name why they are where they are, but not only name it, but move from it. Um, this forgiveness or unforgiveness peace it's a part of that. Hmm. Being able to move from where you are presently, it involves forgiveness. Again, in the book, there's a section that talks about how Jacob um, went to go meet his brother Esau. And Esau forgives him. Hmm. But way back when, Esau wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, what do we do? What do we do with all of that anger that is... That, pent up, it's built up, and has festered, do we allow it to govern our lives, or we do what I just did, yeah. as mentioned to your father, and I forgive you, I forgive you, because if you don't, it'll pigeonhole you for the rest of your life. 
and then you will repeat the generational pattern absolutely. and being absent yourself. Absolutely. So yeah. folk can reach at me can, can reach out to me, man, at the blessing of man at gmail.com. The blessing of man at gmail.com. He's available for speaking engagements. He's available for uh, conferences. Um, Stacy the man. So Stacy again, <laughs> man, I, I appreciate you coming um, to sit with me in the studio and talk about fatherhood. Absolutely. Um, and I hope this episode reached the masses and um, everybody get their hands on it, listen, subscribe, and all that good stuff. So once again, I appreciate the listening audience for rocking with me. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Remember, start with the mind and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.